podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Hey there, good morning. Welcome to PMC Beyond. I hope today uh, is treating you well so far. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today for our message, our message today, which is just simply entitled Salt, Salt. Uh, And as we get started today, um, I want to show you what we've been up to over the last couple of weekends here at Plymouth Meeting Church, here on PMC Beyond, what we've been up to in the Lenten season. Back on March 6th, we considered a passage from Habakkuk, uh, which pointed us to being a community of faith. Uh, especially in times of sorrow and lament. Back on March 6th, that's when the, uh, the Russian invasion in Ukraine had just, had just kind of started. It was a couple days old back then, and we kind of wrestled, what does it mean uh, to be a community of faith, especially in times of sorrow and lament? And, and then on March 13th, we considered the deep humility of Jesus and how Jesus is our paradigm, our model for humility. On March 20th, we considered, um, we, we, we took a look at what it would look like for the church that brings honor and radic- radical hospitality to others. And then last week on March 27th, we took a look at the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, the challenge of the church with that message last week was for us to reflect biblically on what it means to be a neighbor. And so today, on the 3rd of April, we are considering the church community, the community of faith as a visible kingdom people who walk in covenant with Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, in order to do this message today, I have to tell you, God led me down a unique path. And today is one of those sermons where I I ask some grace uh, from you today. I want you to be okay with how the sermon unfolds. It's the kind of sermon where I couldn't really think about structure, uh, essentially almost until the end. Uh, It's the kind of sermon that would just kind of have to grow and develop and mature throughout the the week. It, It was an idea that kind of accumulated, and then eventually it grew legs and started walking around around and now it's here it took shape as as time went on and and uh, the the unique angle the unique perspective that that we have today we are considering this old testament thing called a covenant of salt a covenant of salt we're going to let this covenant of salt the symbolic meaning of of salt be the channel that that leads us to an understanding about who we are. We are kingdom people who covenant with Jesus, empowered by the Spirit to faithfully put on display good works for all to see so that people can glorify God. And so what we're up to today, we're going to hang out in some Old Testament passages, uh, and then we'll eventually get to the New Testament And then we'll land with some images that Jesus gives us, some images of of certain character conditions 
that God rests his blessings upon. And uh, I really hope it unfolds nicely today for all of us. It's like a, a tightly wound bit of yarn, perhaps, that we're going to slowly uh, untangle this thing. You know, we're going to unravel uh, this, this message today. Please be patient. Once again, I ask for your grace as we as we kind of just go through all of this, it's going to be like a um, a tour guide type of experience. So that's what we're we're going to be getting into today. Uh, so let's talk about salt. Let's talk about salt. Let's go to Leviticus chapter two. Leviticus chapter two, verses eleven. Uh, through 13 uh, is what we're looking at. It's a passage on grain offerings. Grain offerings are a gift to God, a gift to God. Now, Israel, ancient Israel, they are land people, right? They don't live in the sky or the sea, right? <laughs> they, they live on land. They are people of the land. They grow crops. They grow their grains. A grain offering is a way to say thank you to God, Give thanks to God. And so they would bake bread. They would cook it in a pan. They would fry bread up. Um, they would bring this bread to a priest. The priest would take a portion of it, set it aside, um, and then the most of the bread would would be for the priests to eat. Like this is what they, they would eat. But um, the, the piece of bread that was, that was torn off, set aside, um, that is for the offering. And the priest would burn it, but before he would burn it, he would, he would season it with salt. Salt is used to flavor food. But a big purpose for salt back in this ancient day is to preserve. It's a preservative. Just as salt preserves meat, it has healing properties too. It, you know, have you ever gurgled salt water when you have a, a sore throat? So salt is a reminder. It is a, a symbol. All right, we, we worship God. We thank God. God is the one who preserves. God is the one who provides. God is the one who, who heals. Thank you, God, here is our, our grain offering seasoned with salt. Thank you, God. Now, salt is also a reminder of, of covenant, an ancient reminder of covenant. So back in ancient cultures, Arab cultures, um, when, when two tribal leaders would come together, when, when an agreement would be made, salt showed the permanence of the agreement the strength of the agreement. Uh, there's an expression to eat salt together. That means that uh, they are bound together in covenant. Covenant. Now, a key word behind covenant is relationship. Relationship. In the ancient world, it was common for tribal leaders and, and kings to make covenants, uh, treaties, arrangements with one another. Now, there's different types of covenants, and we're not going to get into all of that today. We'll keep it simple. To make a covenant in the ancient world, that meant survival. It meant life and welfare, protection, peace. It meant you got to share resources. 
The identity of the person you are having covenant with matters, and you get to share resources. Now, salt is symbolic for the enduring nature of this agreement. It symbolizes faithfulness, commitment, fidelity, loyalty. Now, a quick Bible story here. In Ezra 4, 14, friends of, of King Artaxerxes, they wrote a letter to the king, and, and they expressed their, their opinion that, uh, that they don't think the walls and the temple of Jerusalem should be built. They don't think it's worth the time. Um, and because of their loyalty to the king, they, they say, because we eat the salt of the palace... It is not fitting for us to witness the king's dishonor, okay? So they eat the salt of the palace, they say. What an interesting expression, right? But what they are saying is they're committed to the palace. They are obligated to the palace. They think it will bring uh, dishonor. So that's, that's why they're, they're expressing themselves in Ezra chapter 4 there. But salt is, is symbolic for, for faithfulness, commitment, loyalty, preservation, permanence. Salt is added to offerings. It, salt is there to, to symbolize covenant binding. Salt is also added to incense. Incense. In Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 30, verses 34 to 38. In this passage, we have instructions for tabernacle incense, okay? God instructs there is to be the special, the super special incense made up to be burned. Now, you just kind of have to use your, your head, head uh, imagery here. Imagine it. The, the curtain, the veil that separates the Holy of, of Holies there in the temple, well, right in the center of that veil would have been the altar of incense. And again, there was a special incense that, that was made up. And guess what? Salt was added to this special incense. God says, make a fragrant blend of incense. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Or holy. Grind some of it into powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant law, the Ark of the Covenant, in the tent of meeting, where I meet with you. It shall be the most holy to you. Do not make this incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. So essentially, this recipe is strictly for tabernacle worship. Don't, don't sell this recipe online. Okay, this is special tabernacle incense there. Incense that is seasoned with salt. Incense. Now, incense is a symbol of prayer. And this special salted incense, it symbolizes the need of ongoing prayer, perpetual offerings of prayer to a holy and pure God. In Psalm 141, David prays to God, and David says, Let my prayer be counted as incense to you. In Revelation, John has visions of smoke of incense and prayers. And so salt here is symbolic for faithfulness, loyalty, 
There, there was a, a holy and pure quality about it that was used in this special tabernacle incense here, and it was also used within, in terms of like succession of, of priests and kings. Let me take you now to Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18, it's a passage to, to Aaron describing priestly duties. Now, you need to know that the, pri- that the tribe of, of Levi and priests, they lived off of community support. And so God makes this arrangement since uh, Levi, the Levites and the priests, they're there to serve Israel's worship life. God makes this arrangement here. He says, whatever is set aside from the holy offerings, the Israelites present to the Lord, I give to you and your sons and your daughters as a perpetual share. It is an everlasting covenant of salt before the Lord for both of you and your offspring. Okay. So God uses this ancient human cultural custom here. He uses it and tells the tribe of Levi, hey, I have a covenant of salt with you. I am pledging to make sure that the tabernacle and later the temple can, can run, uh, that, that Israel's worship life will be cared for. This isn't just for fun. With this arrangement, this covenant of salt, it, it means that healthy worship contributes to a healthy nation. We want a healthy tribe of Levi. We need healthy priests. God puts a covenant of salt here. He, he wants He wants this to be in place. And so a covenant of salt helps us to think about the priesthood and the preservation of of worship life in Israel. And now bouncing over to 2 Chronicles 14. I hope you're doing okay. Kind of a a big Bible study here. 2 Chronicles 13 here. In a narrative about King Abijah of Judah, this is David's great-grandson, Abijah is at war, and on one day at the battle lines, he yells out across the battlefield. He says, don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship, the, the, the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant of salt? Right there it is. Abijah knows the promise that was given to his great-grandfather. And we know from 2 Samuel 7, David's throne is to be established forever. Abijah's covenant of salt expression, it is accurate because David's descendant, Jesus of Nazareth, he is king forever. Now that is our Old Testament look at salt and salt covenants. And you can Think about how salt is added to offerings and incense. It's consumed when covenants or promises are made. Salt carries symbolism for preservation. It is a symbol of of permanence and strength and binding parties together, commitment and loyalty and purity and holiness, succession and fidelity. There's a lot going on with the, the imagery, the 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 meaning of, of salt here. Now, attractively, Jesus says in Matthew 
chapter 5. Jesus is preaching to crowds, and his disciples are there too. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus declares to the people that he's talking to, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot. So as we just spent time in the Old Testament, as we just reflected on salt and salt covenant, let us now think about Jesus' words here. Let's think through this unique perspective. Jesus' disciples and the country folk of Galilee, these people are the salt of the earth. These human beings, they are the preservatives of the earth, the the land. They are the salt of the earth. Now, if we think about salt with the salt covenant in mind, these humans whom Jesus is preaching to, they have a relational state of being here, a a calling and obligation of preservation, fidelity, holiness. Jesus isn't talking to priests or Levites or or kings. He's, He's talking to his disciples and the folk of Galilee. These people are the salt of the earth. In context, if these people lose their saltiness, meaning if it gets tainted, if it gets watered down, they run the risk of of just being useless. Now, in covenantal arrangement, if, if there is continual breakdown, if there is so much disregard for the agreement, the covenant becomes bland. Did you know that between the years of 1772 In 1867, for example, 374 treaties were signed between the United States government and Native American tribes. And many of these agreements, these treaties, these promises, many of these treaties were not even ratified by the U.S. government. They were ignored immediately or eventually ignored. Okay, And actually, there is one treaty that is still observed today. It's a 228-year-old treaty that is observed up in New York State. So that is is pretty cool. But, you know, these treaties that were made, they lost their saltiness right away. And history teaches that they were useless for the Iroquois, the Cherokee. These treaties were trampled underfoot very quickly. If salt loses its role... Its purpose, its strength, it's no good. It's no good. Now we're in Matthew chapter 5. I want to bounce to Acts chapter 1. We'll come back to Matthew chapter 5, but I want to take you to Acts chapter 1 here. Resurrected Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, it says in the NIV that on one occasion, Jesus was eating with his disciples. Now we're going to do a little bit of Greek surgery here, if you don't mind. I told you you had to be patient for this message today. (laughs) The Greek verb here that's used 
Okay, uh, it's soon lizo, which means to gather together. Okay, when, when, English, when translators put this into English, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that translation. Um, while he was meeting with them, eating with them, hanging out with them, communing with them, um, he, was, he was sharing time with them. Okay, but what's unique about this word here is that soon helizo comes from soon, which means together or with, and helizo, which means to salt. All right, so if we actually just slow down, like, like matrix bullet time, slow down into slow motion here and just look at this Greek word, soon helizo, to salt together. It literally means to salt together. Here we have resurrected Jesus. He is sharing salt with his disciples. And perhaps this points back to the old tribal leaders sharing salt together when a covenant was cut. We have resurrected Jesus, the one who ratified a new covenant with his blood, and now he's sharing salt with his disciples. And he tells them to remain in Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because when you are in covenant with Jesus, that means you get to share in his resources, his gifts, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does arrive in Acts chapter 2. And as, we, as uh, people turn to Jesus with, with all of their hearts, they become new humans of Jesus' kingdom. People of new covenant, the faithful remnant, remnant empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and, and all over the earth, to the ends of the earth. They are the salt of the earth. Now, when we get back to Matthew chapter 5 here, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. We have this salt metaphor, and now Jesus strengthens it with a light and lamp metaphor. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. So your salty, preservative good works that bring healing and faithfulness and holiness, let it be seen so that others can, can see that and worship God. May the Spirit-filled church give off a kingdom Glow and display a loyalty, a salted loyalty to Jesus who covenants with us so that people can see it and glorify God. Now, I said earlier that a word related to covenant is relationship. Another key word is identity. Identity. 
So covenant, perhaps you, you can think of, of marriage. So when I was married on that wedding day, I became a husband. 23-year-old Cameron became a husband, all right? But here's the thing. I get that title, but it's also something that I now need to grow into. 23-year-old Cameron didn't really know what it meant to be a protector, provider. Like, like I have this identity, but now I grow into it, okay? I have an identity to grow up in. With Jesus here, Jesus gives us an identity in Matthew chapter 5. He says, we are salt, salt. We are the salt of the earth, light of the cosmos. So now we need to know who we are. We need to become who Jesus knows we are, thinks we are. We need to become who we are. And this is the powerful, radical, amazing message about the gospel here. The gospel restores our identity. It's not so much that we are creating a new identity in, in Christ, but rather it is a restoration of becoming who we are. We're salt and light. We are salt and light. Spiritual formation is about identity formation. And there's a lot of active Forces and voices that are actively bringing decay to our, to our identity formation every single day. And all of us, we, we feel it every single day. The good news is the Son of God, he has cut a new covenant with all of us, with all of humanity. Jesus invites everyone to covenant with him, to share salt with him to receive a to to receive um, and and grow in a restored identity to receive the Holy Spirit to receive His honor His strength His purity His blessings. It's good news. Jesus restores our identity. We are salt and light. And now to close, Jesus gives us images of preservative character, the, the, the human heart conditions that glow in the kingdom of God, where God is pleased to allow his blessings to rest. This is what, this is what the, the kingdom looks like as it clashes against the world, this upside-down kingdom. Rather, the world is upside-down. The kingdom shows what is to be, where God's blessings are found where God's blessings rest. God's covenantal blessings, they, they rest on the poor, the ones with broken spirits. The kingdom way is theirs to walk. Covenantal blessings rest on those who mourn. God will wipe the tears from their eyes and comfort them. Blessings rest on the meek who walk softly, and in humility, the land is their home. Blessings rest on those who hunger and thirst for, for wrongs to be made right. They will eat and they will be filled. Covenantal blessings in the kingdom 
rest on the merciful, like a full circle. Mercy will find its way back to them. Blessings to the pure of heart, they will see God. Blessings to the ones who make peace, they will be called children of God. Blessings to the ones who are hunted down, persecuted, mistreated, because they do what is right. They are walking the good kingdom road. And as we are sought in light, others will lie about us because we are in covenant with Jesus. Others will speak against us because of Jesus. Others will persecute us because of Jesus. But we can be be, uh, filled with joy. We can rejoice and be glad because Jesus says our reward in heaven is great. That today is not the end of the story. We are like the prophets of old. The the succession continues. They were treated poorly in the past. It'll be like, like, you know, the same way as it was in the past. But it's okay. It's okay. We are the salt of the earth. We are kingdom people who covenant with King Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit to faithfully display good works for all to see so that God may be glorified. Now, PMC Beyond, after getting through all of this, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you now, is there something that is spoiling your saltiness? Perhaps you're not mourning, you're not being comforted. Perhaps There are things that are hindering your purity in your hearts. And you haven't seen God for a while. Maybe there's turmoil and you are stirring up drama and and what's needed is for you to be a peacemaker. Are, Are there things that are hindering your saltiness Are there things that are hindering your glow? Are there things that are hindering your your identity formation, reformation? You know what's going on in your life. It's the Spirit speaking to you right now. Take that thing to the Lord. Say, Jesus, here it is. Make me salty. Make me glow. Church, take heart. Take courage. Take courage and know that the permanent and king, kingly one, the, the, the strong, the pure one, the king of kings calls you his own. And he continually, perpetually invites you to share salt He wants to share salt with you every day. He wants to show you off so that others can see and bring glorifying worship to Father. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world.
glow so that others can see and worship God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the symbolism that is found all over the Bible. Help us to wrestle with it, to soak it in. We thank you for the imagery of salt and covenants of salt. Lord, as reformed humans, may we put on display preservative, holy acts of healing and restoration. May we glow with our salty good works. Whatever is hindering our saltiness, whatever is hiding our light, we bring that before you. Let us shine bright, Lord, for you. Thank you for the everlasting covenant that we get to enjoy every single day. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.